Welcome to Between Sundays. I'm Tyler, and this is the beginning of the end and the beginning. So let's begin. Dave is here to tell us who God is, but before we live our best life, now that they just can't with this, let's welcome in our favorite torsos, Marin and Barry. Good day, guys. Oh, man. Good day. Favorite torsos. What? Yeah. You're the torso. Oh, God's right. the head. Yes. Okay. <laughs> Dave, good day. Good day. Welcome back. Thank you. Guys, welcome it back has been yourself, a yes. while. My welcome goodness. back. We did a ghost pod. <laughs> you guys did one without me that is on Facebook. And the audio got corrupted. And it so, will never be heard. So oh. that was for Facebook eyes only. Yeah. But so. you, anyone can go on there and watch it. So yeah. please do if you want to hear how Marin and I both tried to do an intro for the podcast. Did it was good. Listen? I watched it. Yeah. What did you think of our intro? It was great. It should have been. Yeah. Well, <laughs> that was not convincing. No, it, it, it was it was really good. Um, I wish that the world people could hear will it. think that I've sabotaged this so that your intros don't get published. You're but just, I, I have nothing just, to do with it. I, you're just afraid of yeah. what if people like our yeah, intros seriously. better than yours. Then that I'm very. Yep, they won't. I know. <laughs> I don't no, have great. a gift. It takes so much effort to write a good intro for it this did. podcast. It took more effort than yeah. I thought it would. Desi was so. here. Yeah. Tim was here. Yeah. yeah. It's a shame nobody will ever hear it. <laughs> uh, guys, what's new? Marin, you're looking awfully stiff. <laughs> oh my goodness. Oh, and and it's so on. What's, what's going on? And it's on. It, yeah. So my back went out. It just, you know, it does this periodically. And you, I think, were the last of this trio to have your back go out. Me. Yes. 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 So it's my turn now. I think it just goes in cycles. Yeah. So it'll Wait, be... did yours ever go out? Yeah, I've had I've had slip discs and stuff. Oh, so. All right. Yep. Yep. So we're uh, back. Mid what are these? What's going on? I I honestly don't have a specific moment to attribute it to. The last time I did this, um, it was taking wet laundry out of the washing machine. So that's rough and I tumble. Can... Yeah, exactly. That's something I can point to. Yeah. Um, but Jed and I went to the gym on Saturday and I took it easy in the gym. I wasn't like going super hard or anything. And then Sunday morning at run through, I'm sitting at the piano and I'm like, uh oh, oh, it happened at I, church. I think my back is going out. So it's, oh. it started Sunday morning. Mm. Fast forward to Monday afternoon. I was recording at the piano mm-hmm. and something about sitting in the chair working my right foot to like work that foot pedal on the piano, looking downward at my hands, Hmm. my back just went crazy, Hmm. just Hmm. crazy, crazy. So I had some x-rays done this morning and the, the, so you went to the doctor, I went to a chiropractor. Yeah. And so I've gone the physical therapy route the first time this happened when I herniated three discs in my back. So Hmm. he says it's just a weak point because it's been injured. Your back? It's particularly the lower back because oh, okay. it's been injured in the past. It just kind of can flare up again f- for whatever reason. I am mm. half convinced that it's just stress related and emotions. And Are you stressed? All of those things. Of course I am. Aren't you? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> uh, We're American. So what can we do? What can, do we need to like lay down? Of course I am. Have you, aren't Marin, you? Marin, have you ever considered a uh, sensory deprivation tank? I, about, oh, I'm about to. Float tank. Yeah. Do sure, it. why go, not? Go back and listen to, well, I guess it would Two be weeks last, ago. last pod. <laughs> yeah. You'll hear <laughs> you'll hear us talk about that. So uh, the x-ray tech was looking, the chiropractor himself was looking at the x-ray on the machine or something. I haven't seen the x-rays yet, yeah. but he was just making a bunch of not happy sounds, just not hmm. promising. He was going, oh, 
Oh my goodness. Really? <laughs> Things like that. It's not what yeah. you want to hear. And no. then he said, were you ever in a car accident around, I don't know, age 15? What is he, a psychic? It was 15? crazy. He's, he said like between ages like 12 and 15 or something were, like that. Were you? On I a dark stormy night was. in March. Were you really? But oh, I feel a chill in the air. It wasn't a big severe car accident, so I never gave it thought. I, at the time, was riding in the front seat of my then boyfriend's Chrysler convertible. Come like on, a, Jen. Like a red, no, no, <laughs> oh. no. A Chrysler LeBaron convertible. <laughs> and we got T-boned. And he said, that's what it looks like. Your spine is showing signs of like past trauma, but like a good time past because I haven't been 15 in a minute. But uh, wow. Yeah, that's crazy. 15. I didn't know they could do that. That's really I still amazing. Don't know. I don't know. I don't trust it. <laughs> <laughs> he must have he must have called your parents or something to find yeah. out. Yeah. He was like, Actually, I know that. My parents are probably hearing this story for the first time. Yeah. Oh, sorry, mom and dad. What about the convertible or, yeah, yeah. <laughs> or the boyfriend? <laughs> uh, Barry, what's new with you? Uh, I'm a grown up boy. And yeah, hey, and, uh, you're stealing my thunder. You're a grown up boy. Yeah. Because <laughs> my favorite. We, are, we are finally, this week, we are closing on the house. We won't move in until the end of the month, but we are closing on the house. And so, great. Yeah, I'm. <laughs> Dealing with down payments and all the grown-up things, and uh, so your your closing is today. If this releases on Wednesday as planned, yes, I yeah. will be closing as this releases. Wow, I know. Final walkthrough is yes is right now, <laughs> which is happening right after we record. Are you nervous? Yeah. Are you pumped? What's no, what's the feeling? Olivia and I are both just so ready to move yeah. at this point because the moment we knew we were getting this house and the moment we realized it's like our dream property yeah we both are just completely done with the apartment and so we just pass each other as we're just like rabbit droppings everywhere literally because it's a long story but yeah there <laughs> yeah. are it's it's a there are a lot of rabbits there's a lot of mouths yeah. to feed yeah. and it's not uh it's getting a little tight in that apartment but yeah we just pass each other and we just go house <laughs> like, like, with our eyes closed we're both just so ready yeah go sit out on the back porch next to like the 15 air conditioning units that are like right next to our back porch. <laughs> yeah. like, so tomorrow, what are your plans? Yeah. You know? It's yeah. we're, we're really, really excited to just have a little, a little property. I can't so, wait. And guaranteed, like hold me to this in a month. I'm going to be like, what have we done? We're yeah. so overwhelmed. Home is the worst. Worst. Our, our fill in the blank went out yeah. and now we have to pay for yeah. it. Yep. So mm. I'm sure that'll happen. But for now, the grass is so much greener on that side well, of the what fence. What do we got? Two weeks? Uh, yeah, two, two, three weeks. Yeah. yeah. Great. Yeah. So we're pumped. We'll be here before you know it. Oh, yeah. Well, because you're going on vacation right after, right? Yeah. So we've got about a week to move in and then we go on vacation for a week, which I don't think that's the, I don't know if that's the best timing. You no. just feel like no, you're, you're, you don't exist anywhere. Yeah, that's true. That happened to you guys. You went on. Yeah, we went on a cruise. Jesus Freak cruise and then. <laughs> like right before you moved. Yeah. 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 And so it was just. Complete chaos. We didn't belong anywhere for about two <laughs> solid weeks. So Grace Church, just give me a break for like Labor Day and the next the week, the two weeks after Labor Day. I just won't yeah, be lower around. your standards. Just don't you don't expect much from me. <laughs> yeah. yeah. Uh, Dave, anything new? Oh, uh, just a crazy last week. Yeah. Yeah. I just constant motion, and then Henry came in town. Ooh, Henry. how's so, he doing? Oh, he's great. He's did, he's wonderful. Did he stay with Grandma and Grandpa? I say with us one day, one night. Cool. Yeah. So what's he into these days? He uh, so she just 
he's he's now in his own bed in his own room, which is downstairs. And so mm-hmm. now we get pictures of him looking up at the camera. Yeah, oh. he seems to know. <laughs> but apparently the funny thing is he looks at the camera on his own and laughs. <laughs> nice. I don't know what that he's means. He's a very happy child, which is really fun. The first time I saw him this time around, I was like, he's not going to remember me at all because he's so young. And the moment I saw him, he was like trying to fall asleep. And then he opened his eyes and he saw my face and he gave it this huge smile. So <laughs> I feel like he likes, uncle points. He likes the uncle best. B. Anyway. Yeah, that's yeah. There's Great. just a lot going on, but he's a, he's a lovely, beautiful thing in the middle of a crazy life. Mm-hmm. Yeah. What about you? Yeah. Uh, I just got back from vacation. Northern Michigan. Again. Again? Well, yeah, Jesus freak cruise. <laughs> uh, Northern Michigan. We took our family vacation with my wife's family, which is a big family. And uh, have you guys been there? Not yet. Northern Familiar? Michigan? Is it the yeah, UP? Like, yeah. Uh, yeah. Well, well no, wait. It's not, it's, it's not, not the UP. No. Yeah. It's, uh, it's as north as you can get without being in the UP. Okay. Upper Peninsula. Yep. Yeah. Uh, did you cross was, a body of water? Well, yeah, but not like <laughs> okay. not like that. It was uh, <laughs> it was uh, Charlevoix, Boyne City. I'm wearing the shirt you right sure now. You sure are. Yeah. So Boyne, Boy, I'm looking it up. <laughs> Boyne. Um, so yeah, it was uh, very. It was great up there at this time of year. It's like 75, sunny, tons of like nature, hikes, bike riding, beach, boats, golf. All the things you could want, but however, right? No, it's it was Tyler, great. No, it's Tyler talking. That <laughs> well, something's yeah, got to give. So going on vacation with a two-year-old <laughs> is like different. We'll back that thing up. I'm like, since when do you consider hiking? A I do great, physical things. A great thing with your life. I do physical <laughs> things in my life. <laughs> you have to give context to that. Yeah. Well, about a month and a half ago, Marin's husband, pretty much unsolicited. And unwarranted (laughs) asked me if I do anything physical with my life. (laughs) He wasn't even being facetious. That's what makes it so funny. Yeah. He was like, Tyler, uh, I know you play board games, uh, but do you do anything physical like with your life? I'm what? sure what he meant was, <laughs> do, you, do you work out? Do you play any sports? But instead it came Yeah, but he knows the answer is no. <laughs> no, he knows you played basketball at yeah. one point back yeah. in the day. He do still you... plays basketball. <laughs> That's a funny question. Yeah. Do you anyway. engage your body in any other ways <laughs> yeah. than walking to your head? <laughs> he can't live it down. It's yeah. so funny. Uh, I enjoy that stuff. Going on the boat. Swimming. Yeah. In the uh, waters? Well, the Lake, Lake Charlevoix, Lake Charlevoix is a very clear lake. You can see the bottom oh. most places. Yeah. Um, Milo is two years old and not into swimming yet. So like everything's scary, like touching a fish. If you're fishing or getting on a boat was scary. Getting off the boat was scary. <laughs> we sat on a tube. I made scary. him, I'm, I'm sure that's what he's going to be talking about in 20 years in therapy. Just like my dad made me sit on a tube and get pulled by a boat when I was oh, two. Oh, wow. Was Wait. he terrified? Yeah. Wow. He was screaming the whole time. I'd be screaming. I was currently. with him. Is this immersion therapy or mile per- <laughs> Yeah. <laughs> Did you catch someone else's wake? Yeah. Bouncing? I, was, I actually got a little bit nervous, but I was sitting on there with him. He was like yeah. in between my legs and we were on the tube. But even going slow on a boat, it's pulling. Yeah. Yeah. It, I felt like it was about to pull me off of the tube. Yeah. And I was like, he can't swim. He's got a life jacket on, but like he will be traumatized mm-hmm. if he ends up <laughs> off of this tube. But we made it. It was safe. They started blasting toy story 
you got a friend in me from the boat to make him feel oh my goodness. a little bit better because he's obsessed <laughs> with that. Yeah. yeah, so it was good. It was a great time. Uh, very re- relaxing. Got to golf a little bit. So that was that was fun. It's good to be back though. I felt like I was gone for like a month. Do you feel, because you were gone on vacation, then you came back, your job shifted, and then you went on vacation again. Yeah. Do you feel settled in your house? Have you even had time to, to, uh, to do that? Yeah, I feel settled in the house. I don't know that I feel like I've gotten a lot of traction with the job. Mm-hmm. The job's changed this summer a little bit, but I don't feel like I've gotten tons of traction there yet. Mm-hmm. So I felt like I was getting some momentum, then take another break. And now I feel like got to get that momentum back. But with the yeah. house, I feel I feel fine. Good. Well, that's good to know. That's great. Great. <laughs> no, I, I still look around my house. We moved in May of last year. And oh, I you still, still got boxes to unpack. feel like in the garage. I do. Yeah. Yeah. No, we're good. We're, 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 we're in there. Um. While I was gone, you guys started a new sermon series. That's right. We okay. are the church. Yeah. Dave, that's why you're here to talk about uh, how we kicked it off. Mm-hmm. So, um, well, you guys probably talked about the wrap up of Psalm Honest to God. Yeah. Right? It's one of our yeah. better conversations. Yeah. Yeah. That'll never be heard. <laughs> um, but we're kicking off first week of We Are the Church. It's a four week series. Is that yes, right? That's yeah. correct. And um, yeah. So, Dave Barry, you guys are kind of the architects of the preaching calendar. Mm-hmm. Uh, what what kind of things do we hope to communicate, or what do we hope people hear throughout the next three or four weeks? Yeah, and uh, I'm not going to lie. Coming off the summer series, which was so deeply personal, and the reaction nearly every weekend was tears or great joy as people were diving deep into the relationship with God. I would be honest with you, I was nervous about going into this series, which is so vastly different, is very vision oriented. And in this case, there have been some sermon series that came from Barry. This was his desire. Um, This one was pretty much me. Yeah. Um, I wanted to do this for several reasons. Number one, uh, from time to time, I think it's really important, especially at the beginning of a ministry year for us to step back and go, okay, what, why? Yeah. What are we here for as a church? And the second thing is, um, it, this is an auspicious moment for me. Mm. Um, this is the beginning of the end. That's why you said it in your intro. Yeah. Uh, and I felt like somehow if I could capture the vibe or the ethos of what it feels like for me here, combined with what it might feel like for us as a church, at the same time giving picture for where we headed and clarify the vision of grace. <laughs> that that, was, <laughs> yeah, just that, that. was behind yeah, this series. Yeah, only that in 30 minutes. That was behind this series. So, uh yeah, I don't know if that helps or confuses yeah. things. No, that's good. And so this week, uh, we focused on one question. You said people have about four questions that they're they're asking throughout their lives, right? Yeah, four essential questions that the church answers. And uh, what are those? What yeah. are those questions? Well, who is God? Where do I belong? Uh, how do I make a difference? And what's my destiny? And so this week, we focused on the first one, who is God, right? Yeah, the question, and not just, the question, who is God, but how does the church answer the question, who is God? Mm-hmm. So, yeah. And you started the sermon with kind of a snapshot of your own personal journey through ministry, essentially. Yeah. Yeah. And you that brought you to the big idea, which was, I still believe that the church is the hope of the world. Yes. Um, can you talk, I guess, all three of you, since you've had a life... Uh, either in ministry or, um, yeah, just you've been involved in this for a long time. Um, 
why why is the still why is I still believe churches the hope of the world why is the still part important well for me there was some there's a personal nature to it and that is looking back over 41 years um there have been some incredible moments that I will never forget but there it, this is ministry is not easy it just isn't and it's it's costly mm-hmm. and so my that opening that big idea you could look at it in a corporate sense after all these years in 2019 has the church lost uh the wonder mm. of being a world changing institution in the name of Jesus. You could look at it corporately. I was looking at it that way, but I was also looking at it personally after all these years. Do I still feel this way about the church? Do I yeah. still feel the way I did when I was younger and stepping into ministry? And the answer is yes, I still mm. feel that way um, about the church. And for two reasons, I think one, because of my experience, but number two, when Jesus said, I'm going to, I'm going to build my church. I'm going to call these people out and I'm going to build my church and the gates of hell will not prevail against it. That's pretty strong language. Yeah. And so, yeah, I still believe it. I believe the church is a powerful, the most powerful institution in humanity. Hmm. I think the reason, the other reason that the still is so important is also just because of what's happening in our world Mm -hmm. and especially in our culture in in the U S right now is that just church engagement and attendance across the board is just, slowly plummeting not slowly quickly plummeting yeah but you know and it may not feel like that for some who are attending church and you know we always hear about new people coming to church and all that but how many people that come that are new are just coming from other churches versus who are actually coming because they're encountering jesus and so it's almost like it's almost like taking a a bunch of different batteries and you're like sending energy back and forth between all these different Mm. batteries and as you do some of that energy is lost in heat and even though each battery gets some batteries get charged and other ones lose like the whole net thing is going down yeah you know what i'm saying sorry it's a terrible analogy in my mind it was a little clammy in here yeah. <laughs> what does that have to do <laughs> it's you're just remember for saying the, that. Yeah. i don't remember saying that anyway we all heard you say it dave okay. what i'm trying to say is even though there are some churches that are doing incredibly well and a ton of people are attending if you look at the whole picture the church as a whole in america is really in decline yeah so well and even you know i've said this now several times indianapolis has more churches per capita than any other city major metropolitan area in the united states more churches yet if you took every church in in, in indianapolis and you filled them up every weekend it would only be a fraction of the people who actually live in central indiana mm-hmm. so even with all these churches we're not we're not i'm not sure we're making the kind of difference that jesus envisioned yeah look no further than the video we kicked off the morning or the evening yeah. with, which yeah. is, we call it man on the street, which is we're sitting there with a camera on the, on a corner somewhere asking people, what do you think yeah. of when you think of church? People ask where was, that was Mass Avenue. That was right downtown. Yeah. Do, do people post those? The, is that video on the website? We need to put it up. Yeah. We need to put it online. But um, a lot of people said something to the effect of, well, it used to mean something to me, but it's been a while, you know, like it used to mean community, but it's kind of manipulative or, you know, it's, or I got hurt. Yeah. There's a lot of disillusionment. It sounds like a lot of people are disillusioned. And I think that's why the word still matters for me personally. You said that there was at the beginning of your message, you said there was a pastor that you served under who nearly ruined you. Oh yeah. 
And there was another who Save you credit me. with saving your ministry life. And I can say the same thing. Mm-hmm. I shout out to Pastor Rich Schuler. I mm-hmm. would definitely credit him with mm. saving my ministry life. But how who, many who's others? Who's the name of almost ruined you? Uh, let's keep that to ourselves. <laughs> yeah, same with me. Let's keep it to ourselves. I mean, and we, we have a better relationship now. I think God, we're on yeah. the other side of it. But there were some real, uh, real difficult years. And in that time, and even before then, how many people in my high school year, high school youth group are currently serving God, Right. Yeah. are currently right. involved, engaged in a church? Is this even their current belief anymore? Hmm. Very few. I mm-hmm. could probably, unfortunately, count on one hand. Yeah. There's been, at least in that little snapshot of my little corner of the world, a great falling away, as it were. Yeah. Um, so the word still... It's, it means everything to me. Do yeah. I still believe? Do I still believe? There was an interesting moment last week when I was working on the message where I, I typed those words, I still believe, and then I had to stop. Mm. And I looked at them and I thought, okay, this is, you, you before you say this, do you believe this? Yeah. Especially like, you think about this all the time. I think, um, I think for a lot of people, hearing you say this is my final stretch here yeah for this to be a part of your final stretch like i still believe it yeah i think that was that was important and, and impactful for people because people don't think every every day like oh this is dave's last year they think about that probably saturdays and sundays when they see you mm-hmm. but you think about it every day yeah and the fact that you're including it in your final 10 months of yeah. sermons was was pretty important i think yeah well and it, it was important for me i think it was important for us as a community to wrap mm-hmm. our heads around that. Um, and yeah, it was, it was interesting, the reaction to it too. Mm. Yeah. It was, it, there was, Oh, we're going to miss you. But it was, um, first I said, a, I'm not dead. <laughs> <laughs> I'm right here. I'm right here. And, and B, um, I'm not going where this is my church. Yeah. I love when you said that, when you said that I'll be sitting there with you, yes. sometimes I'll be at Fisher's or I'll be at North Indy yeah. or I'll be here at 146 and I'll just be sitting there with you. That's right. I just, I got so happy when I heard oh, you yeah. say that. And it's, and it's true. And I'm anxious. I'm, I'm anxious for this to be my church. Um, one it, question. Yeah. Are we going to put like a portrait of you in the lobby? It's <laughs> <laughs> like founding father. Uh, yeah. I'm that, out. Please, that I'm would out. be Grace an more. absolutely not. That's please, not, no. It's Are you a kidding? rich part. Of First of all, we're gonna, do, we're gonna do that. We're gonna do that, and please. we're also gonna put a uh, a highway poster of me and Olivia smiling, inviting people to Grace. <laughs> yeah. Oh my goodness! We I want a portrait that. of you that is lit from above in a glass oh case. Oh my gosh! So if that happened, <laughs> it would go up, and about two in the morning, a Someone woman would break a in. woman would break into this <laughs> church that you, we all know very well, and she would tear it down. And her name is Penny. Oh, come on. <laughs> she wouldn't like that, huh? Oh my. What if what if she was in the She's portrait? She's listening right now and she is agreeing. That is that is just she not She could be in the portrait too. Yeah. That is just not quite our style, I guess, here at Grace Church. That's funny. Um I I want to clarify something though. You someone asked me, they heard you say and I don't remember exactly how you phrase it. They heard you say that May 30 31 would be your last sermon. But what you meant was it's your last sermon as senior pastor, right? Did you say what well, they heard is that it was your last sermon, but I well, want to clarify that my intention is to make sure that you're still a guest speaker on the rotation 
going forward. Well, that, if you're willing, did, we did have you to know talk about, about this. this. <laughs> this is, we'll talk about we'll this. this out if it's no, not. no, no. I, we've <laughs> talked about this. I just want to make sure. Well, that, let's make I, sure in front of us and Facebook. And, <laughs> all right. That's well. Kinda, that's then kinda, that will be kind of up to my senior pastor. Oh, right. He means me. And so what I'm trying yeah. to say is I intend to have you come back occasionally as a guest speaker. So it's not like it's your last time ever from that pulpit. It's just the last time there as senior pastor. I just wanted to clarify that in case people got. Well, but, yeah. But can you imagine if I said this is the last time, but I'm sure Barry's going to ask me back. <laughs> Yeah, that yeah, would have been really awkward. <laughs> yeah. Well, not to be presumptuous, Barry. Barry? But... Hey, Barry. Yeah. Hold on. Let me get, let me get him on the phone. Remember when I changed your diapers? Yeah. yeah. <laughs> At least you can have me come preach every now and then. Yeah. Uh, so this week we focused on who is God, yeah. and you kind of lasered in on Ephesians one and two. Yeah. Right. Yeah, a good portion of it. Yeah. And you kind of gave us some world behind the text or world of the text. Paul's writing this letter to remind the church of who they are. Yeah. And that, that became somewhat personal mm-hmm. to you because of what we just talked about. Yeah. Yeah. Um, but can you, you, you mentioned them briefly and I have a couple follow-up questions, but who is Priscilla and Aquila? Well, and they were, um, okay. Where did he, for, I forget where they're Paul, missionaries yes, or something. Well, he first met them. At what town? Oh, shoot. It's draw- I'm drawing a blank. I'd have to look it up. He first meets them um, and they start traveling with him. Mm-hmm. And when he ends up in Ephesus, apparently reading behind the text, they happen to be with him. And most people think that when he left to go to another town, he left Priscilla and Aquila there to essentially get the church off the ground. They're only eight years. By the time that he writes this letter, the church is only eight years old Yeah. at the time. Do you have any more on that, Barry? Uh, I I'd have to look it up. But yeah, yeah but they I were that's they the were case. Roman citizens. They were cool, big deal people that were very fundamental in the early church getting off the ground. Yeah, they were they were a big deal. So yeah, they were okay. kind of like I, I guess you can call them my co-founding pastors or okay. or something. So like was the letter to them or was it to their church no, or something? It was actually to the church uh, in the city of Ephesus and probably to some surrounding towns. Okay. Uh, some of the earliest manuscripts of of Ephesians don't actually have the name. Ephesus there that it's some people think it was actually meant to be a circular letter where it was when he says I'm writing to God's holy people in Ephesus, in Ephesus. that yeah. was like a blank that people would fill in in mm. Colossae or whatever and yeah. then if you look at the it's actually the same route that Revelation took if you look at the cities that re- received Revelation were probably the same cities that Ephesians went to yeah, yeah. So and Ephesians the uh, Ephesian church is mentioned in the book of Revelation you know, the one that you've lost your first love, mm. you left your first love. Mm-hmm. That's what John said to them. They're, they're, they're one of the more talked about churches or groups of believers in, in the whole Bible. And Paul loved them. There's an interesting story at the end when he is heading back to Jerusalem and then going to go on trial and well, he's going on trial in Jerusalem. He actually stops and the, the people in Ephesus make a trip, the elders make a trip and there's like hugging and kissing and loving and tears. That's how much he, he loved these people. Mm. Yeah. And some of the background you said, uh, they were from Corinth. Acts, Acts 18. Oh, yeah. Uh, Priscilla and Aquila. Priscilla and Aquila. That's they where, were that's in Corinth meant. and they had come from Italy. Yeah. Then would, he, they started traveling. Would you guys, are they married? Yeah. Presumably, yeah. Yeah. Would you guys marry somebody whose name rhymed with yours? Oh, yeah. No, they're it married. It happens all the time. <laughs> all the time. Marin and Baron. 
It could have been. We don't know how they would Marin have pronounced it back then. Perhaps it was different. But Aquila, a native of Pontus, who had recently come from Italy with his wife Priscilla, because Claudius had ordered all Jews to leave Rome. So they were Jewish people who became Christ followers and were kicked out of Rome. And he meets them in Corinth. During Claudius's like. Yeah. And yeah. then then they were in Corinth. And so, yeah. Yeah. There you go. Uh, a lot of similarities between the culture in which he's writing to and ours, right? You said it was primarily focused on religion, but a very kind of hopeless culture. Well, yeah, I mean, it was Greek culture, which was um, had its um, very intellectual, uh, very debate oriented, uh, some Gnosticism and also uh, the whole Greek and Roman pantheon of gods. So it was a it was a hot intellectual mess, just like ours is. Yeah, and the first the again the big idea you said was you still believe that the church is the hope of the world, yeah. and the reason for that is you gave three you gave three things God is God is a hope giver. Yeah, four things God is a hope giver, oh, right. power giver, life giver, and love giver. Yep. Okay, yeah. so the first one, hope giver. Um, what did you mean by that? Well, I mean, he says to the, he says to the Ephesians, look, here's what I, I keep praying. This the thing I keep praying for you in essence. This is my summary of it. I keep praying these things for you. I keep praying that you understand God, your knowledge of God grows to the point that you understand the hope that he has offered mm -hmm. for you, which your culture doesn't offer. Your culture offers you no hope. Yeah. Okay. God does. I don't want this to be the centerpiece of this church and of your life. Mm -hmm. That's what I, I pray that you know how much hope God gives you. Yeah. And the fact is, I mean, and then the point is, if we look around us at our friends and our families and our, our neighbors, think about the lack of hope around us. Yeah. Because they don't know. People are unsure about tomorrow. They're unsure about the future. And that's why there's a lot in a lot, why there's so much anxiety and depression. Mm. Because where there, where there is hope, there's joy and there's possibility where there is no hope. There's depression and anxiety. Uh, I went to a John Mayer concert last night and first time I've ever, do you, are you guys fans? First time I've ever I used to listen to him all the time. I'm yeah. going to say I'm a moderate fan of John Mayer. Okay. Well, so moderately. I saw him at the Vogue before he Whoa. was a thing. Whoa. So big time fan. No, not a big time fan. I love, I really enjoyed his music in that time, but I mean, there was only, I don't know how many, a couple hundred people in the place watching John Mayer before he was a thing. Back when he was still called Oscar Mayer. Oh my word. <laughs> oh, no. That would be a joke. Get out. <laughs> uh, okay. So I, I, I'm not like, I don't follow him necessarily. I, I enjoy his music. My wife loves him. So we went and uh, he barely talked at all in between songs which is fine. But the one time he did talk, he was talking about worry and mm -hmm. um, talking about how he's gotten to a point in his life where he just does not worry anymore, but he knows that it is flagrant or like in our culture, it is just like everywhere. And um, it got me thinking about, about this because when you first said he is a hope giver, I was like thinking to myself, okay, I get that because I've been in church world for 20 years. Yeah. But if, if I'm not in church world, what, what hope are we talking about? Like what, if I'm receiving this news, what is the hope that I'm supposed to think about? And as John Mayer is talking about hopelessness in a different 
yeah. context. He's like, I know a lot of you have anxiety and depression and I had that once. And he was talking about this and I was like, Oh, that's, that's it. Yeah. These people, he's talking to a bunch of people who are hopeless and not that, not that you don't have anxiety and depression if you have the hope of God, but like there's healing in that that's yeah. available to you. And there's, there's a different, there's, there's a different mentality or a different, um, hope like deep inside of you. It, it kind of connected the dots a little bit to me, uh, when I was listening to him talk, but what, to be more specific, what is that hope? If you're talking to somebody who isn't into, into church stuff, but they, you know, they're depressed or, you know, yeah. you can identify the hopelessness in them. What, yeah. how do you, how do you explain the hope of God? Uh, I explain it as the kingdom of God is breaking into this world and we can join in with it. And I think when I say that, I mean, the essentially the new creation is beginning to spill into this world. And that comes with life, comes with healing, comes with joy and community. It comes with the best possible life that you can live. Mm. You get to taste it now in part, knowing with confidence that beyond the veil of death lies an eternity of new creation. And so it, it's a, it's a future hope, but it's a present restoration. It's a present resurrection. Mm. Um, if you look at Paul's writings, like he doesn't just talk about things that are going to happen someday. He constantly talks about what a joy and delight it is that Christ is within us. And mm. so I think, I think what we have done at, we broadly as the sort of American Western church is we've turned the hope of the gospel, the good news into you can go to heaven when you die. Yeah. It's something which is like, far away. yeah, that's fine. <laughs> you know, for somebody, but what does that do about my life now? And I yeah. think what, what we've often missed is the, is the reality that no, in fact, you can have hope. You can have a life changing experience. Now God's spirit can, can give you purpose, can give you community, can, can mm. wa awaken your dead soul. I mean, all of this is in Ephesians, read Ephesians. It's all there. Mm. That All of this hope is now possible for us that we can experience now. So, but the, the problem is that that is hard to convince people of when they look at the church, the big C church. And what they see are people who are like, let's all fight against immorality Let's all fight against things that we don't like. Let's all withdraw ourselves from the world. Mm -hmm. It's like, not the, yeah, immorality is something that can be healed and overcome, but that's not why we're here. We're not here to like churn out rule following people. We're here to churn out resurrected souls. And yeah. I don't know. Sorry. No, that's good. <laughs> I think it's inherently hard to explain because the peace of God passes all understanding. If it was something the peace of God that he imparts, if that was something I could put into words, believe me, I would, I would do or, it. Or put in a jar and hand to someone. Right, 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 mm -hmm. right. But there is a peace that can be experienced that goes beyond our human understanding. And that's why the, key, the, the church offers not just, um, the church doesn't exist to tell people about God or to feed their brains about God but to give them the experience of the presence of God. Mm -hmm. Yeah. I think there's something spectacular when a person, and I, I'll speak really personally, the presence of God is something that it's like Marin said, it's hard to explain, but there's hope when I realize I am not alone. I do not walk this world alone. I have 
God at my side. Mm. He's in front of me. I follow him. He's behind me. He's pushing me. He's beside me with his arm around me. He is in my life. There is hope in that. Mm-hmm. And, it, and, and if we can experience the presence of God, you wake up the next day realizing, okay, I can do this again. That's hope. I think there's hope in the forgiveness that God offers. Yeah. The freedom from guilt and shame, something that you've carried with you your whole life. Mm. You might be beating yourself up with it, but God doesn't do that. Mm. There's no condemnation to those who are in Christ Jesus. Freedom from guilt and shame is like, (laughs) I mean, can you, the weight. That's priceless. The weight that is lifted off your shoulders when you realize that he does not, he does not condemn you. Yeah. What? And okay. When I'm thinking about, I'm thinking, all right, when was the last time we as followers of Jesus Christ looked into the eye of someone who's not following Christ and said what Marin just said, can you imagine the weight on you being lifted? Mm. Mm. I mean, to me, who wouldn't want to feel experience that, that yeah. hope. And how many people tragically end their lives every year mm. because, oh my word. because of that weight? Because that weight they never get freed from. Yeah. Yep. So that's well, the hope we're talking about. It's like a, it's a hope that can be the difference between life and death. Absolutely. As, and not to steal your thunder of moving on to the next point, but as is the power of God, because Paul says, I don't want you just not to, I don't want you just to know God and the hope, but I want you to understand, grasp and experience the power that is ours. And then he says the ridiculous thing, the same kind of power that raised Jesus Christ from the dead. This is the kind of power I want you to experience. Uh, we are so lame <laughs> as a church. I'm clip that one. Yeah. We, are, <laughs> we are so lame in claiming the power that is available to us in Jesus Christ. So, yeah. what does that mean? Well, I think it's. Uh, Dave, do you think we're afraid? Are we timid? We're afraid of a lot of things. We're timid. We're afraid. We're always afraid we're going to come off like goofballs mm. or idiots. And we're afraid that if I take a step forward and say, by the power of Jesus Christ, I pray that you be healed, that he won't do that. And I'm going to look like a, a yeah. real idiot. Yeah. Many, many have experienced that. Oh my gosh. Yes. And I, I was uh, last couple of weeks ago, I was in Colorado with a group of people that boy, the, the whole four days I was there, they believed in the hope of the presence of God and they believed in the power of God and they, they were praying over young, these young collegians that I was with in Colorado and I saw stuff happen. I, t- I did. I saw pe- things happen in people's lives. We're afraid, Marin. I, and we're also, we're timid. But the fact is, Paul said, listen, I want you to remember this. It's the same power that raised Jesus from the dead is available to you. Mm. That's mind boggling. And he never tells us not to use that power. So that's always my like, okay, if I'm afraid to pray for somebody for healing, is that fear coming from God? Like, is he telling me don't go up to that person and pray? Like, no, Mm -hmm. he, that's not, he's given me a spirit of boldness, right? A spirit of power and a spirit of boldness. So yeah, he, he never tells us not to pray for healing. Now, in the case of even some recent events, I'm thinking of at the Fisher's campus where somebody was prayed for and it, it didn't end in the way that everybody had hoped. I know that God, again, in his power, is the only person who can take something bad and use it and, for good. And his presence. And his presence will comfort. Yes. And they can then comfort others. Even though it didn't end the way you wanted it right. to end. Yes. Right. Yes. Right. I wish, 
this is where we're so lame. If we would just sit, I mean, even having this conversation right now, if I were to walk outside, I would have a whole different perspective of the world Have in the people I'm going to run into tonight if I actually believed that I can introduce people to the hope and the power they're desperate for. If the church got that, I got think about that, that all the my time. Gosh, like if I really truly believed these things, I should be acting way different. Oh yeah, mm. oh yeah. Mm. Another kind of angle to this, another aspect of this that kind of I think makes us lame. You know, we always we have this mentality of like, well, it's better to give than receive, right? We get we in our intellectually, intellectually, <laughs> we get the idea that there is actually something good about focusing on something beyond yourself, mm. right? That That is part of our culture. We teach it at Christmas time, but it's actually the opposite of what we experience on a day-to-day basis. Most of what our world is, is all about me. It's all about what I want. It's yeah. all about what makes me feel good, makes me feel happy. And it's really hard for us to really believe that giving up our own self, our own desires, surrendering our life for the sake of something bigger can actually be better for us in the long mm-hmm. run. Yeah. And so what we've done, like the idea of saying, I'm actually going to set aside my entire career plan. I'm going to set aside my money. I'm going to set aside my, my, the things that I want in this life, because I believe that God has something better for me, better purpose, better community, but all of that, that is something that is so hard for people because most of what we want is just, I just want the things that are going to make me feel good right now. And so that's trickled into how people think about church. That's how, yeah. that's how we think about faith. I mean, just the, the number of people now I'll use this as a, as a small example. We've started, you know, we've done rooted this, this 10 week discipleship or this uh, 10 week um, small group experience that we do. And we really believe based on what we get from scripture, that the best kind of rooted groups are intergenerational, right? Where there's people mm-hmm. from different generations, but most people, most people, and I'm not there's not blaming anybody, but most people, when they find out that they are being put into an intergenerational group, they recoil against it because that's not what I want, right? right. I want to be with people like me that's comfortable, that's easy. But what ends up happening is they go through it and they come out the other side and they're 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 blown away at how much life has been brought to them because mm-hmm. of their intergenerational group where they have people who are not like them that know them and care for them. And suddenly we've got spiritual family like growing. It's beautiful, but that's not something that someone would choose. So all that to say, yeah, I think we, we are struggling in a culture that is so focused on me, me, mm-hmm. me, me, me. It's really hard to, to sell the idea that not me is actually the best kind yeah. of life you can live. Well, and we don't associate the self-giving part with power. That's that's not power. Right. To what you can call it culture, you can right. call it human sure. nature or whatever. But like if I'm giving of myself for the betterment of someone else or a community of people or something that's not my personal preference, I don't associate that with power. I associate that with like powerlessness. Mm-hmm. But the whole the whole appeal of what Jesus is is like inverted. It's like the power part comes when you do that. Yeah. The that's what, that's what, kingdom. That's what yeah. the power yeah. part Upside is. Down. That's right. Yeah. And the church, if the church would understand that it would, it would change the whole dynamic of the church hmm. and it will be, if I have some regret, uh, over the last 41 years of being a pastor and 28 years here at grace, it will be that I did not emphasize that more. 
I I really wish that I would have. I don't know that it would change. It might not have mattered if I would have emphasized it more. But the idea of the upside down kingdom, the self giving love, mm. I I can't imagine that a community would not be utterly transformed by a group of people who say this. I give myself up for you and this community and on the and for the sake of yeah. Jesus. So it's a slight regret, maybe a mm. big regret. I don't know. Yeah, at, at the same time, I, I really appreciate, uh, and we'll get to this in a second, I really appreciate something you did in this past weekend, which is, you know, putting a stake in the ground, this is my final year, and I want this church to set Barry up for the new era or next era of yeah, Grace Church. Right. And Barry, since he's been a part of this process of senior pastor and the whole thing, has been very much about the self-giving love. And so I think this... I think until this point, whether you've it's been a primary focus of yours or not, like this this community is primed and ready for yeah. the new era, which will be significantly focused on the self giving part. Yep, I sure I believe that. Uh, well, real quick on yeah. that on that topic, Ephesians three twenty. I love this this verse. I'm actually going to reference this in my message at the end of the series. Uh, but it says, "Now all glory to God, who is able through His mighty power at work within us." to accomplish infinitely more than we might ask or think. And I love that because it's like, A, it's his power, not ours. Mm -hmm. And B, what he has in mind is going to be way better than we could ever come up yeah. with on our own. Mm. That, I don't think people buy that. I don't think people yeah. believe that. When we talk oh. about all this stuff about surrender and self-giving, it's like, no. yeah, okay, sure, God. The ideas that you're talking about, God, like, that's fine. But I really want this jet ski, you know, or whatever. It's like, you know, it's, I'll, I'll do what I, I think you want me to do after I get this jet ski. Yeah. 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 Or whatever it is. Yeah. Nothing against jet skis. I wish I had a jet ski. There's some listener right now. Who's like on Amazon. They've, like been, about to they've, click they've been saving for a jet cart. ski for 20 years. If, that, hey, yeah. if that's you guys, then I will actually say, I think God is trying to speak to you. Oh, <laughs> that's no. happening right now. Wow. Oh, okay. No. Okay. Well, who buys a jet ski on Amazon? Well, that's what I'm saying. If they're on Amazon. Uh, all right, so the last, the last, well, you said God is the the life giver and He's the love giver. Yes, right. Right. Um, oh, like the, you talked about. The, I was like, what? I can't even read my own sentence here. But uh, you talked about the word "saved" and whether or not yeah. our mm. lives have actually been transformed. Yeah. Um, from death to life, and you know, if you've been in church world for forever, you've probably heard this idea, but you're, you're challenging the people of grace church to really assess, like, where are you? Where are the yeah. people in your life? Like, there, is there, this a reality for you? Yeah. And there are two reasons for it. One of them is, um, uh, is anecdotal. And that is me observing over 41 years, watching people, um, and even my own soul, my own heart. And at the same time, uh, the research that's being done right now about the state of faith in the United States is alarming. Um, uh, several organizations have started doing comprehensive studies about what actually people believe. We, we know that uh, if, if a person checked a box about what they believe there and you're an American uh, between seven and 10, the seven and eight people out of 10 are going to indicate some sort of affili affiliation with Christianity with, or with Jesus. Mm -hmm. Okay. Uh, that's at a simple, are you a Christian or a basic question? Now, if you press in, the research is showing, if you press in with the kind of questions that reveal a person's heart, their lifestyle, what they believe about the scriptures, what they actually believe about the Holy Spirit, what do they believe about the things like 
heaven and hell and God and Satan and things like that. It is alarming to understand that how absolutely shallow Americans have become in their faith. One researcher suggested it's not, if you want to talk about people who are truly following Jesus Christ, disciples of Jesus, it's not eight out of 10. It's less than one out of 10. Mm. Yeah, because, well, is it like, I believe I'm a Christian because I was born in America oh, yeah. or something like that. We could sure. list, the four of us could list. The, or I'm, the, a, I'm a Christian because my parents took me to church when I was a kid. Yeah. yeah. No, or I'm a Christian because I'm an American. Yeah. I mean, there are some yeah, yeah. people that just assume that. Yeah. Uh, and, and the fact, so, and then anecdotally, um, I just, as a pastor looking at people, I, I, I'm, I'm like, where's, where's the transformation? Mm-hmm. Where is it? And, and, Growing up, we use the word saved, and that's what uh, that's what Paul that's a word he uses to the Ephesians here. Mm-hmm. That when we've been transferred from from death to life, we have been saved, mm. saved out of death into life. Um, and so I'm look. I mean, I'm I'm not holding anything back. I'm just one. I don't know. Many of us are saved. Mm. I'm just going right there. I don't know. Yeah. What do you think? Am I look- overstating? Am I overreaching? <laughs> <laughs> well. If one out of 10, well, there's four of us in here, which one to <laughs> use a uh, <laughs> fake? Yeah. My money's on uh, Matthew 7. <laughs> Matthew seven twenty one talks about true disciples. Um, not everyone who calls out to me, Lord, Lord, will enter the kingdom of heaven. Yeah. Only those who actually do well. the will of my father in heaven will enter. On judgment New day. King James is his name, NLT. On judgment day, many will say to me, Lord, Lord, hmm. we prophesied in your name See? and cast out demons in your name and performed many miracles in your name. Now, if I'm performing a miracle, I think mm-hmm. I'm a Christian. Right. Right? Like I am saved Ooh, yeah. if I'm doing this. But I will reply, However, I never knew you. Hmm. Get away from me, you who break God's laws. Why are you looking well, at me? <laughs> I love the way the NLT puts that. Get away from me. Yeah. Well, I'll break we, God's laws. Then we got uh, the narrow gate and the wide gate. You know, wide is the way. Narrow is the is the way to life. And few find it, Jesus said. Few, few find it. Right. Yeah. Few find right. it. Well, hello, this is from the mouth of Jesus exactly. himself. If anyone has a problem with what you said, just direct them back uh, to the scriptures because Jesus said it first. Absolutely. Well, that's why I, that's why I think the... The thing we were talking about at the beginning, I still believe mm-hmm. that the church is the hope of the world is important because that speaks to, yeah, this is really hard. Not a lot of people could live their life their in their entirety, like still believing that the church is the hope of the world. Like Marin, you said people I went to youth group with, who knows oh, what they believe. Yeah, but- that's just in my personal life. And then there's, there's two mornings, I want to say out of the last month where I woke up to my morning scroll on my phone and there's some you scroll sideways. What I, is this? I, that was yeah. My back's hurting. Just okay. leave me alone. <laughs> um, where there's one one more worship leader who's now you know oh, tweeting that you saw that he's losing his faith or he's lost his faith or uh, another prominent Christian uh, former I guess author and then turned yeah, yeah. pastor who's renounced the faith. It's it's going to continue to happen mm-hmm. and it's happened throughout history and it's going to speed up. Um, because when those kind of guys say what they do and the person who's experiencing any kind of frustration with their faith, they're going to go, we'll see. Yeah. Mm-hmm. It's going to speed up. 
uh, and that's that's concerning to me. And and uh, I am I don't the church cannot play the church cannot the church cannot just be a place that creates an environment that's fun and inspiring and is not life transforming because Jesus intended for his church to be utterly transformed and to be utterly transforming. You cannot let you cannot be lame and take on the gates of hell. You just can't. Amen. You have to be you have to be something other in such a way that the world sits up and goes, "Look, I don't know if I like who you are, but I'm not going to deny who you are because mm. there's something about you." Mm. That's that's how I feel about the church. And again, if I could go back, <laughs> redo the 28 years, I would be insufferable about this. I would be. There's still time. Well, buckle up. <laughs> What's the worst that's going to happen? Gird your loins. Yeah. What's that's the worst right. that could happen? What's Well, I, could, I might be done here. I don't know. <laughs> um, so this took, this took to, uh, this led to an interesting part of the sermon, um, which you just said, you just said church can't just be about entertaining or yeah. fun. It has to answer these questions. It has to answer who is God? Where do I belong? Where can I make a difference? And what is my destiny? And then you outlined basically how grace church is yeah. set up to, to help people go through this journey. Can, can we talk a little bit about what that is? And sure. Cause I think this is the first time, I mean, we've talked about it for a long yes. time, but I think this is the first time like publicly in a big, setting yeah. that we've we've talked about this, this is how cool that was my parents were in town praise god that's a whole nother story um but my dad held his phone up to the screen and took a picture oh my god <laughs> cool. he said you just broke it down and made it so plain he wanted to take that home with well mm-hmm. well that's cool i heard okay, some that, good feedback too that's so encouraging yeah that's really encouraging what bear i heard good feedback from folks who were like that just made so much sense that was really helpful well, so, so let's talk about what so, we're talking yeah, about yeah, so we're talking roll, about the Barry, loop. roll it out the loop it's basically a the way that we describe our strategy or our structure, our structure, the way that we make disciples as a church and none of the aspects of it are new. It's not like we invented new programming. It's just a way of understanding what we do. And I, it's hard to describe on the radio, but imagine a loop that's clockwise. That, radio. Did I say radio? <laughs> on the radio waves that go through your podcast machine. No. <laughs> Heck no. machine. Fire up your steam engine and, and here comes the telegraph. Stop. I'm so sorry. We just derailed you. Marin and I just looked at each other like, what is this guy saying right now? Wait, and that was Barry of all people. <laughs> yeah. Mr. I, Technology. I, it's still, okay. You know, radio, it's still radio, <laughs> yeah, even yeah. if it's Wi-Fi. Okay. Uh, okay. <laughs> Take two. Take two. The loop. Uh, don't, it's just basically a, a big loop, as it, the name might imply. And it goes through, it starts with a cloud at the top, which, mm-hmm. we, which symbolizes culture, the culture that we all come from, uh, the world that we're in, where we live. Um, and then it goes down kind of to three o'clock on the, imagine the clock, down to three, It there's a square and it's experience. And this is this is the place where people come in the door. Maybe it's a weekend service. Maybe it's a, an event. Care center. Care center. Maybe it's a musical that we do. In some way, they they encounter God at grace. They experience mm-hmm. God. And they, and it it's transcendent. Something and, has them say, whoa, what's going on here? Yeah, Who, and yeah. They, wouldn't, they wouldn't say, oh, 
that's who God is, but that's what's happening. Yeah. So that answers the question, who is God? So that's a, that's an experience. Now, everyone at Grace continually has these kinds of experiences because that's part of what we do as a church. Every week we gather and we worship and we come into the presence of God and we're transformed by it. It's, it's transcendent, but that's also a first step for many people. Beyond that, if you can go down to six o'clock on the loop, that is where we introduce people to Rooted. We draw them into spiritual family and we give them community where, where they can answer the question, where do I belong? So mm. people go through Rooted and once they go through Rooted, uh, 80 or 90% of our groups then go on to become life groups. And that's what we want for everyone to become a, a life group, to be with a group of people that can walk through them, uh, walk with them through the, the life around them. And then mm-hmm. uh, as they do that, they go up to nine o'clock where they begin to find their place of service. It's an arrow on the diagram. Yeah. Uh, and it's ask, answering the question, how do I make where, a yeah, difference? Where yeah, do I make where a do difference? I make a difference? What's and that could be place? serving at a, in Grace Kids. It could be serving at the care center. It could be serving with one of our partner ministries, et cetera. Um, and then finally, the loop kind of goes back up through culture, back through that cloud where people began to describe the fact that when you begin living in your, living out your destiny, you start to connect with the world around you and, and, your own community, your own culture, and you begin to change that and transform it yeah. mm-hmm. in so, Jesus' name. Yeah. yeah, that's, it's a very simple, and I'll be honest with you, I'm not, uh, in in years past, I don't think it, it would have been that simple. Yeah. But it certainly is now. Mm. Well, it's it's basically, I mean, you said at the beginning, church, the purpose of the church is to do these four things. It's supposed to answer, who is, who is God? Where do I belong? Where do I belong? What's my, where do I make a difference and what's my destiny? Yeah. And this is our way of of simplifying and organizing what we do and how we do it around those questions. Right. Yeah. And if you really want to boil it down, what do we do as a church? We we reach out into our community and we try to get engaged with with our neighbors. Uh, we invite people in to have transcendent experiences with God through worship, etc. We provide uh, means for people to find spiritual family and community. We provide serving opportunities and we have a really great leadership development pathway to help people mm-hmm. grow in their leadership and serving. And we equip people who are living into their destiny. We help them get discipled. We give, we have a com- covenant community where pe- our membership, where people can uh, be around other like-minded leaders who are on fire. So that's just, that's what we do as a church. And we have a portrait of Dave in the lobby. <laughs> we will soon. Nope. I have anything to do with it. Nope. Oh, Marin. Oh, <laughs> I just don't, I think you know how like far back that goes in some oh, yeah. no. cultures. Heck no. <laughs> there are some no. churches in Chicago that have like portrait yeah, after portrait so, after portrait. Well, actually I was in a church in Indianapolis here that will go nameless, but um, I was standing in their lobby looking at the uh, pictures that went way back. Isn't it cool? Uh, no. No. That's- it is so cool. Come on. Well, if okay. this church is around in like... You know what? Twenty ninety seven. But nobody. Yeah. Okay. If there were like if there were like ten or fifty. Yeah. I'll tell you what was cool was when I was in the Cotswolds a couple of years ago, and they have their uh, vicars listed, and they were going back into twelve hundred. Yeah. Fourteen twenty two or something. That's way cool. That was way cool. Yeah. But not. 1991. Listen, Dave, Dave, <laughs> Dave you got to start somewhere, okay? If if my if after my successor decides to as their successor begins, so my successor's successor, if they decide <laughs> that they want to start doing portraits going back then fine. That's great, but you have to have a portrait to provide there them with. There are photos on the internet. You can look them up. <laughs> By that yeah. time, portraits will be a thing of 
the past. Oh, no, you know no. What? Eventually will everything will become holograms. Yeah. Holograms. I'll be standing <laughs> Dave there hologram. creeping people out. <laughs> He's just, a, he's just mixing his hummus. It'll just be a hologram of mixing hummus. That is the, the weirdest mental image I've ever seen. What would I be doing? No, don't answer oh. that. <laughs> oh, man. <laughs> so, okay. So, are we going to are we gonna re- refresh the this this picture of the loop each weekend? Or is yeah. this... Yes, we will. Uh, and I'm trying to figure out whether I... I mean, should I draw it again? I don't know. Probably. I don't I mean, know. Such a, you're such a gifted artist. Screen, right? <laughs> Stop with that. Uh, I just can't. Uh, but <laughs> the, um, uh, hey, can we talk about who's going to help me this week, though? In, oh, yeah. We've got yeah, a special yeah, guest. Yeah. We have a special guest this week All who's right. going to help answer the question yeah. about why the church is important. Yeah. Who is it? it was the- <laughs> I kind of want to know how this came about. Yeah. So, um, he is the songwriter of the century, the last century. He is Bob in the, Dylan. He is, Bob nope. Dylan will be joining us. Nope. He is the <laughs> and he is the gospel. <laughs> he's in the gospel music hall of fame. Yeah. Awesome. And he is Bill Gaither. Bill yes. Gaither. Bill Gaither. And um, uh, Bill. Bill's a great. Yay! There we go. That's it. Uh, Bill. I've gotten to know Bill over his last several years. He's, uh, and actually Tim and I have spent time with him. Barry and I too. We went mm-hmm. basketball game. <laughs> I went to a Pacers game with Bill Gaither. That yes. was, I see him at Pacers games all the time. I saw him the fan. one time I went to a Pacers yeah, game. Right. Yeah. <laughs> but anyway, that's the, the point is what he, um, two things happened. Um, we, uh, he had never seen the care center in action. Oh, wow. And his, uh, Bill's good friend is Dennis Carroll. Uh, Mighty Chandler's father-in-law. Oh, yeah. Mm-hmm. Uh, Lori Chandler's dad. Um, and he wanted to see the care center. So one, so I gave him a tour of the care center and uh, I think he really appreciated it. But at that that night, he introduced a song to me that the Bill Gaither uh, or the Gaither vocal band has just come out with called This Is The Place. And it's a song about the church. Mm-hmm. And so I was standing there walking him around thinking, oh, I'm going to do the series on the church. Hmm. He just came up with a song called This Is The Place About The Church. I wonder if Bill would be willing to let me interview him and say, you know, the, the basic question I'm going to say, hey, very few people have a front row seat to the church like you have hmm. for decades. So what do you think? Where is she? Where is the church these days? Hmm. And where is it headed? And that's that's hmm. why we're going to, and he's gracious. I said, we have Saturday night services and Sunday. He said, I'll be there. Wow. Cool. So he's not, is, is he going to be live Sunday morning He'll as well? He'll be live Saturday night and live Sunday morning. Of course, Fishers and, and North Indy will see the 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 recording Saturday of night, the interview. Right. It's yeah. kind of funny because I don't think most people, maybe our age and younger, would even really get why this is a big deal. But it's a big deal yeah. that Bill Gaither like is a fan of Grace Church and is going to be here. I, I'm, I was trying to think of an analogy of like who would like a modern. There's, but I don't know that there's anyone that's as widely influential in the church today as he was in when. When would his heyday? Michael W. Smith. Okay. Nah. Well. No, well, it's not probably even like today. Amy Grant. <laughs> Amy, no, today, guys. Yeah, but Amy Lecrae. Grant. Like I don't know. <laughs> 
The bottom line, Amy Grant would not be who she was. Michael W. Smith would not be who he was if it wasn't for Bill, Bill Gaither. Yeah. They actually plowed new yeah. territory. Now, if you listen to the music from back then, the average person today would go, okay, well, that's kind of old school. What is Southern very, gospel. It's very Southern gospel. And it was, they introduced the idea of, uh, of a popular style music to be sung in a church. I can remember growing up that my pastor was not even that happy about having their music because it felt a little too hmm. pop oriented. Wow. Oh yeah, it's crazy. <laughs> the, but the very first concert I ever went to in my life was a Bill Gaither uh, trio concert. And then my second concert I went to in my life was the Bee Gees. So I went Whoa. From, <laughs> from- I mean, they're pretty similar. Happiness <laughs> is to know the savior to staying alive. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, so- That'll be great. Oh yeah, it's it's, it's an honor. To, it really is an honor to have him mm-hmm. here. He's he's an elder statesman of the church. Yeah, and he probably wouldn't like the word elder, but that's what he is. <laughs> I mean, it it is pretty incredible. I've heard the song. It's incredible how those lyrics go with this particular sermon series. It's and he'll incredible. Tell, and he'll tell the story of why he wrote why he wrote the song, and it's really cool. It's really cool. You'll hear it. Yeah. So we'll look forward to that. What what else are we doing next, Barry? Where are we going? After the series? No, after uh, this week. Like oh, we're well, doing we're this be, weekend. What, Dad's what else are we doing? going to speak actually three times in a row, and then I'm going to do the last week. We're actually going to kind of follow that loop and talk through those different, those four questions. So that this coming week is going to be, where do I belong? Yeah. That's, that's essentially where we're headed. Cool. Yeah. So we'll... Well, we're going to do a flip-flop here. I always talk about destiny. Well, he's going to talk about destiny. Yeah, it's about time. It's about time. <laughs> it's my destiny. Cool. Well, uh, you'll be back next week then, Dave, right? Yeah. Yeah. Great. I'll be here. I've cool. locked it out. All right. Whoop. Marin, until then, will you? Uh, can you lean up to the mic? And, <laughs> hey, are, and, and you should just speak prophetically to the church now. Church? Church. Church. Listen to the word of the Lord. Do justly, love mercy, and walk humbly with your God. And we'll see you on the other side of Sunday. 